Welcome to the Mastering Midlife Podcast, where we talk about all the crazy fun things that happen when you are a midlife mama. I'm your host, Heather London. Let's dig in. Hey, and welcome to episode 20. Today, we're talking about The Pleasure Trap. Now, this is a book that I just recently read by Doug Lyle and Alan Goldhammer, and it was amazing. And I wanted to kind of give you the Coles Notes version because it's so related to what I do in the world. My mission in life is to help midlife mamas find their purpose and love their lives and love themselves and just go out and achieve everything they've ever wanted to achieve. Why? Because I'm a midlife mama and I'm going through it and it's relatable and it's hard. And when we have our kids somewhere along the way, we lose ourselves. And when our kids no longer need us and go off on their own, boo-hoo, it's time for us to get back to who we are. And we've forgotten how to put ourselves first. And so that's where the journey gets really, can be really hard sometimes. When I was reading this book, it was relative to hunger and eating and why we weigh as much as we do. And I translate it to us midlife mamas. And that's my job. But the book is based on, it talks about, okay, human desires. Like our whole purpose for being here is to survive and then reproduce. That's our animal instinct. And back in the day, that's what we did. And over time, it's getting easier and easier and easier to do that. Like you can see when you look at history, why it was so hard to survive. It was literally survival of the fittest. And now times have changed, but we still have this innate desire in us. And the way society is created, there's an overconsumption. So our triad Our pleasure triad is this. There's three things that our brain is designed to do, the human brain. Seek pleasure, number one, avoid pain, and conserve energy. And so when we look at that from our hunger drive point of view, basically back in the day it was, hey, we feel hungry, that's the pain, we eat, that's the pleasure, and then it goes away. And we try to do that by conserving as much energy as possible. And every animal is designed to eat and get food in the most conservative way, energy conservative way as possible. And so when you look at the law of satiation, which is, hey, we've had enough, because when you look at nature, and you know that I believe that nature has all the answers, because you just look at a tree, or you look at a flower, a plant, and you know that it just does what it's naturally designed to do. There's no thinking. It just does what it's instinctually designed to do and everything works out well. And there's so many mechanisms that go on behind the scenes that it's mind-blowing. The same as the human body. The human body is mind-blowing. But we're designed just the same as those plants because we are also nature. We always forget that we are nature. And so there's three mechanisms of the satiation. The satiation is designed so that we don't overeat. And those are hormones that regulate that. There's hormones that are released that say, hey, you're hungry. There's the ghrelin. That's a hormone. And then there's hormones that are released that say, hey, you've had enough. And that's the leptin. So hormones rule our body. But 
the three mechanisms of satiation are one, the stretch sensation. When we eat, our stomach stretches and this neural signals go to our brain being like, hey, there we go. We've had enough to eat. Number two is the nutrient sensation, which means there's receptors for carbs, fats, and proteins going, okay, yep, we've got enough carbs, we've got enough fats, we've got enough proteins. And fiber and water, all of those things. And then there's the yowl circuits, which are short-term energy stores, fat reserve, monitoring systems, that kind of thing. And the, these this signal discourages eating. So all three of those together would equal satiation. But the way it was designed, it worked really well in the past. But now, because of our modern day diet, it's so artificially concentrated. It's so dense and polluted with all of the addictive substances and so concentrated that our, it doesn't work anymore because we're eating foods that are so calorie dense that it doesn't fill up our stomach. And we don't get those cues. We're not getting our, our macronutrients. And so we're overeating, but we're malnourished all at the same time. I mean, it's the craziest thing. This is the, the plight of modern day society is we're killing ourselves by the foods that we eat and overconsuming, And what is in our foods is killing us as well. So if we are trying to go by the laws of nature, but those have been studied by scientists who are being paid a lot of money to figure out how do we crack these codes and then the, all the ways to this, the pleasure, the pain and the conserving of energy is added into our foods to make it really desirable from us so that we can't resist it because the pleasure is the sugar, the pleasure is the fat, the pleasure is the salt. The pain is not having it. And the conserving is we can literally order this stuff to our door. We don't have to expend any energy at all to get highly condensed foods, highly condensed, calorie condensed foods delivered right to our door, minimal energy. And this is what's creating this epidemic right now. And so when we understand it a little bit better, we can do better. And when we take our health into our own hands, then we realize that prevention is the best medicine and we're in charge of that. Our modern day diet is artificially concentrated with high fat animal products, oils, sugars, and other refined carbs. Our ancestors rarely consumed as much as 20% fat and today 35 to 80% of its fat. Wild animals, if you look at wild animals, they never overeat when they have had enough, they stop. Why? Because their hunger cues haven't been hijacked. They're still following the laws of nature, the way their body is designed to be, hey, you're hungry, you better eat or you could die. And then whoop, you've had enough. Don't overeat because you could die because that would be bad too. When we deviate from that, that's when all of the chaos ensues. Today, like one of the main things in our food that helps us to feel satiated, that helps us to stop overeating is fiber, fiber and water. And both of those things 
well, it's fiber, water, and nutrients, and all of those things are removed from food so that they can have a longer shelf life, so that they can sit on the grocery store for longer, so that they can be sold and shipped overseas. But the bulk has been removed, and that's what helps keep us satiated. All the societies in the world that do still consume large amounts of fiber have way less heart disease and stroke and diabetes and digestion issues. Like all of these modern day diseases are way lower in the societies that still have fiber in their diet. It's really important that we get back to what our bodies are designed to do. And the book suggests five golden rules, five things that are really, really important because there's a lot to do, but if you make it simple, it'll be doable. Number one, no junk food in the house. Mm -hmm. True facts. I always say if it's in your house, you're going to eat it. Might not be today and it might not be tomorrow, but when you're super stressed, when you've had a fight with somebody, when you had a bad day, you're going to like tear your house apart looking for that chocolate bar that you hid or those cookies that you bought for your kids. I like the one and I do this too of where when I'm at the grocery store, I might be like, I'm going to buy this. My kids would love it. And like in my subconscious, I know that I'm buying it for me for the time when I need it. It's like, catch your brain doing tricky stuff like that. No junk food in the house because if it's in your house, you will eat it eventually. And you want to do a weekly menu. Number two, weekly menu. If you think about this, if you, if you were to live another 30 years, just for math's sake, that's 10,000 days. And if you're having three meals a day, that's 30,000 meals. So I think that 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 huge volume deserves some efficiency and organizing because efficiency is key. Remember, one of the triad is conserving energy. So if you can make your meal prep as easy as possible, that's going to your brain is going to love that and it's going to be easier to do. And so you want to plan out your meal, do your grocery list, go shopping if you have non-perishables, buy them in bulk. So you only have to buy them once a month or once every couple of months, like chickpeas. I eat a ton of them. I just buy them by the case full. And then I don't have to worry about them every shop. So you're setting yourself up for success when you pre-plan your meals because your brain too has made a decision ahead of time. Oh, I'm eating this meal. Okay, good. Less chance that your monkey brain is going to come in and change it. And then number three, you want to cook in quantity. So you want to pre make your meals prep your meals food prep batch create your foods i usually do it on a sunday i'll make like i'll steam like 20 white potatoes and my kids now love it they'll once they're cooked they'll just eat them raw or eat them cold they'll chop them up and put them in the air fryer they love making potato chips or wedges out of them now they're like self-sufficient and they can cook that up anytime and it's super, super easy. So it's really important that you batch cook. The three things that I like to pre-make are your starches because that's key and then your soups because that's more veggies, right? And then your sauces, the, the more veggies that you're going to put on top of your veggies. So if you can pre-up those three things, you are headed for success, my friend. And then you want to, the book says create a car pack. I like talk about like a snack bag, like a case of emergency thing. Always be prepared with some sort of healthy food in case you get hungry and you're stuck and you don't have anything. Boom. If you're hungry and there's nothing else to eat, you're going to eat whatever you can get your hands on. So try to avoid that. 
And number five, the recommendation is get help. Food prep, like order the food boxes or like I like to now buy frozen veggies because then I always have some on hand. The fresh ones, I go through them pretty fast uh, in my week. And so then I can always turn to the frozen ones because they flash freeze them. They're just as healthy. And sometimes you can get them like prepped with salt and pepper and you just heat them up, heat them and eat them. That's the easiest way to go. So the easier it is, the less resistance, the less energy you're going to expend, the more prone you are to be successful and repeat it over and over again and making those healthy choices. Okay. You also want to, the other things to consider, you want to move your body every day. Now, calories in calories out is a thing, but it's not a thing. Here's how it works. Yes. You want to take in less calories or expend more calories than you're taking in, but you don't want to count calories. You never want to count calories because not all calories are created equal. You want to keep your mind open to this concept here. All calories have a density, or all foods have a calorie density. So there's some foods that are low on the calorie density, which means you can eat a lot of them and you're not going to go over on your calorie intake. And then there's other foods on the opposite side of the spectrum that are super duper high in calorie density. And you're going to get like a little amount, this much for the same amount of this much of the other one on the other scale. So you're going to get, sorry for the people that aren't watching this, you're going to get like a handful. We're talking about oils are on the, on the calorie dense side. And then the other side, you can get huge, huge bowls full of vegetables vegetables are at the on the lowest 100 calories per pound and then on the other side we're talking about 4000 calories per pound of the oils so you can see calorie density what's going to fill you up what's going to make you feel satisfied the huge amounts of broccoli or the small small amount of an oil and that's how it works when I teach my clients, I take the best of all that I've learned over the years and put them together. Like, and we talk about the starch solution and the 50, 50 plate and the volume eating and all of that together comes together to make an amazing uh, lifestyle of healthy eating where you feel satisfied and you're never in restriction or depraving yourself, depriving yourself or limiting what you eat because your brain is going to lose it. If you say, hey, you can only eat this much, doesn't matter how hungry you are, stop it. You've done, you're done for the day. That's not sustainable. But what I'm talking about is very, very sustainable. And that's why I'm so passionate about it is because when I do my Instagram videos, I talk about Eat, eat this to lose weight. And the reason I say lose weight is because the societal construct is we need to lose weight to be lovable. We need to have a nice body that's lovable. So I say that to get people's attention. But what I'm really saying is every food you eat makes you healthier sick. You can eat lots of healthy foods. You don't have to restrict how much you're eating. You just got to know what you're eating and when to eat it. And then you can take away all of the energy you put on thinking about food and thinking about your body and thinking about how much you weigh and thinking about what clothes you can wear and thinking about if you're lovable because of your weight. You can eliminate all of that from your life and you get down to what's really important of 
doing all the things that you love, giving your attention to the people that you love and doing things that light you up and not having to expend so much energy on weight loss because it's not about that. You want to heal your body with foods and a side product of that, a benefit of that is weight loss. So when we can retrain our brain to think, how can I get as much food into my body and as many nutrients? Like I want people to think about eating and food from a place of nourishing my body because that's what it's designed to do. But throughout the years, the food industry has totally hijacked your dopamine and now it just is in control. They've spent hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars on figuring out the pleasure center of your brain and how to control it to make you want more and more and more. I I recorded this podcast once and then it didn't save to my computer. So I'm going to tell you this story again. It's like in the book, they talk about the frog that they put into a pot of water and then they slowly heat the water up and the frog doesn't notice because it's adapting to the temperature and the frog just stays in the water until eventually it dies because it got too hot for it, but it didn't notice it. And that's what's happening with the food industry is there's so much sugar, addictive um, chemicals and fats and flours and salt. Those are all highly addictive, but the more we eat them, the more we get used to that being the normal. And we become the frog not realizing that we are killing ourselves with the foods we're eating just because it's we become accustomed to it. Our bodies are adaptogens something's going on, our body's going to adapt to it and try to level it out. It's always like an ebb and a flow. Too much of this, how do I get it out? How do I add a little bit more of that or get rid of some of that? That's how our body works. It's it's ingenious. We just want to get it into homeostasis, which is its neutral state, and it will take care of the rest. And the way we do that is with our food. And we also do it with our thoughts, with what we watch, social media, who we hang out with, the music we listen to, all of it, everything that we consume, food and otherwise, is going to make up who we are today. And so I really, 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 I'm so passionate about this, but I want to know that you have the power. You make the choices. Everything you eat is a choice. Every bite you take matters. And you're either going to eat something that's making you healthy or you're eating something that's making you sick and question everything and ask, what am I eating? Why am I eating this? And this is the work I do with my clients. I help them to see what they've, what they're creating through their brain, through the, the triad, through the pleasure trap. How do we take our dopamine center back, our pleasure center? How do we be in control of what we're craving? Because our body isn't supposed to have all of these dopamine hits all the time. Everything you see and eat is now a dopamine hit and it's an overload for our system. It's not meant to to be um, having all these hits all the time. It's meant to like every couple of days have one. And what sustains us along the way is the happiness, the serotonin, and then the dopamine is the anticipation, the pleasure, and they're different. And so now we want to be able to take back our dopamine centers, reclaim our brain, reprogram our body so that it's working the way it's supposed to. And I would love, love, love to share my knowledge with you to help you with this. A lot of times we can't see what we're doing because we're in our brains and our brains are running the show. But when you have somebody looking at your brain and showing you, 
that's how I figure out what goes on with my clients is I, from the outside, I can see a d- their brain from a different perspective. And then we can get to the unconsciousness that's running the show. That's why they don't know what's going on because it's literally unconscious. Remember, the uh, cons- like our brain wants to conserve energy. So anything that we do all the time, our brain puts it on autopilot because it doesn't have to think about it and therefore it saves energy. So when we have thoughts that are repetitive, they're not conscious, they're subconscious because our brain thinks it every day, all day. So we don't need to consciously think about it. So all the bad habits, all the old um, philosophies and thoughts that we have that came from our upbringing, our parents, our teachers, all of that, they're subconscious and we want to look at them and we want to expose them and see if they serve us anymore and then move on to something else. And one of the big ones is food, food as a fuel source and why we eat because the social construct of food and being a part of something like how hard is it to go to a party my friends and say no to the cake or whatever it is people are like what and then the social pressure happens that's all part of it so i would love to help you with this you can hit me up i'll put my link in the show notes and you can reach out and book a free consult if you are struggling with this it's not your fault and you are not alone i can 100% help you with this so please do ask for help all right my friends Thank you so much for listening. I wish this, I could just go on forever about this because I'm so passionate about our food and our health. And so thank you for listening. And you're here because you too care about your health and you are in charge and you can make a difference. Always, always, always love yourself first and have an amazing day.